0: Not that you guys care about the technical issues that i've just gone through but for an hour and a half or so my ableton was trying to uh load up which has been the most annoying thing being is that obviously i want to start potting i got myself psyched up ready to pot away and um i had to delay myself but we are here for the Third episode of the currently untitled podcast. My name is Bobito, aka the Funk Soul Brother, aka Master B aka. I lost all the other ones, but aka all the all the other ones. And welcome guys. Thank you for listening to yeah, the currently untitled podcast. As you can hear, we still don't have a name, but we're gonna get there eventually. We're gonna get there eventually. But yeah, man, I'm kind of on the clock today, and <laughs> makes it sound like my life is so important, but it really isn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do have small, small New Year's Eve plans. I mean, obviously we have to be in bed at, by nine. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that video by biggie uh Police Commissioner Biggie G. Let me, let me not give him any reason. <laughs> Think i'm the threat hey man I give you all the respect that's cute <laughs> but yeah the video where he was telling us like like long story short that we need everyone everyone with me bed by by nine o'clock none of this none of, n- none of this celebration none, none of it so <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking his word for for his like he's a serious man so yeah'm i not I'm not yet all right, I catch you. Uh, so yeah, man, I think that's a perfect place for us to start. Um, it's probably going to be the main topic of today's podcast, and um, obviously it has a few... I haven't even gone to what the topic is, but um, it has a lot of little, little topics within it. But it's basically um, the national address that recently happened by the president, zero uh, Ramacosa. We basically told us uh, that we're back at level three, an adjusted level of level three. Um, main things to consider is that alcohol no longer be uh, sold, or has not been sold for the past few days. Um, restaurants closed at eight. Um, public gatherings, none of that. Beaches, none of that. <laughs> Just a lot of a lot of stuff. Now I find it like don't get don't get my chuckles. Um, wrong uh, or yeah don't get them wrong don't get them twisted this situation is very serious and the reason why we find ourselves back here um, is extremely serious i mean people are losing their lives uh, people are losing their livelihoods as well like in terms of the economy uh, it's a very serious situation and it's worldwide so i guess the conversation that i i, I wanted to have around this was just um, <laughs> The memes that were going around um, maybe not the memes but what they triggered they triggered a question in my mind and um, I didn't really notice this um, it was one of the, the only national addresses I actually watched live instead of just catching the summary um, just because I knew like we I think we all had a feeling that based on like what we were seeing in the streets what we we're seeing on Instagram people you know like December was was we, uh, we got this year. And, think we can all admit that like that was that was abundant abundantly clear for all of us to see that we had had enough like we needed to let loose and I, I say we even though personally like I, I did keep it uh, relatively chill um, <laughs> like just be chill, though. <laughs> but I did I did keep it rel- relatively chill um I mean, funds were also like a, a factor in this. Let me not say like, <laughs> like I, I was not in a position to ball out this December. <laughs> so yeah, um, I was watching all of your stories and you know, happy, and being happy for you. I mean, sometimes I was a bit sour. Uh, shout to Ramsey and Tanya, Like, <laughs> but um, on, on the on the greater on the greater scheme of things, I I thought that everyone did deserve the rest that they were getting and the enjoyment that they were feeling but obviously um it came at the expense of safety and um watching the or making sure that we uphold the covid covid precautionary measures safety measures such as uh, hygiene all of those things um, masks social distancing and um yeah so long story short we ended up back where oh we ended up where we are today and i saw people Um, A bit pissed off On both sides So there was like two kind of trains of thought The one train of thought Was that um, um, The president was disappointed in us We let him down We let ourselves down We're back here because of our our lack of um, Responsibility As South African citizens And the other train of thought Was that Man, this is not sustainable. You're still gonna like um, this 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 way of dealing with the the the, the, the pandemic um, at least nationally is unsustainable. You're gonna continue to shut down or to slow down the economy, leaving um, you with less tax revenue to actually deal with this issue and deal with our economy at all. Just for just to make sure that we all understand that we were not in a great position before COVID. We'd just be downgraded to to, um, to junk status. Uh, Our national debt is at an all-time high, uh, which also raises interest rates across the board uh, for everybody, for the country. Like, we were not in a great position at all. So, a slowdown of our economy, like, you can understand that train of thought in the sense that, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, We need to do something, but maybe this isn't the best way. And then, further, people were like <laughs> I find this funny, but it's not funny fi- I don't find it funny, I just find how it was phrased funny But people were like Hey like to the prison." This is what they were saying to the prison. Hey you and your brother stole 500 billion right? Then you're telling us Then you're coming here and you're crying on TV <laughs> So when I saw that When I saw that um, it triggered a question to me Because obviously we all we, uh, I don't know how familiar you all were With the COVID relief package And it's exactly how it was broken down But I'm going to break that down a bit further into the podcast But we were all Kind of aware of this, this COVID relief funding and package that um, It seemed that the, Our president And how it was portrayed in the media That he found this money He found it found this money to help us through this period. Now, if you did a bit more reading, which like if you're reading headlines, first and foremost, you're not informed at all. So at the time that this was happening, I was seeing a lot of when when the COVID relief fund, this was around April, um, when the COVID relief, uh, package or, uh, funds were discovered, like, I've got, I've got, air, um, air quotations, <laughs> um, people were praising the president for his resourcefulness, for, uh, making a plan for handling the situation with such poise and such, all of the stuff that they normally say about our president that they never said about, um, our ex-president or former president. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's definitely a feeling, or there was a feeling at least, um, that we, we have a president that we can trust that's doing the best things for the country. It seemed like that on my timeline, at the very least. Uh, as we all know, we live in bubbles. We live in, like, I see like um, Mark, what Mark Zuckerberg thinks I should see. <laughs> so, in any case... I'm seeing this uh, and I'm just thinking to myself do these like just maybe I didn't go into too much depth because I wouldn't even lie I was a bit exhausted by uh, maybe not in April but later on in the year I was a bit exhausted by the constant updates about COVID and how the government's reacting to it now uh, we're dealing with it and stuff like that especially if it didn't uh, affect my life uh, directly like obviously everything that happens in this country affects and especially economically everything that happens in this country affects each and every one of us to a certain degree But sometimes you got to put the blinders up and you have to do what you got to do to get through the day and to get to your individual goals and that's kind of how I've treated this year um, To my benefit in some ways and I wouldn't say to my detriment in that sense But there are other stuff that maybe I could have handled better um, I could have been better this year <laughs> I don't even know how we got to it here, but it's just I feel like this this conversation is gonna need for all of us to kind of take a look at ourselves, look at our country, and just really think of how best we can move forward. But in any case, so I was thinking about this 500 billion, And I was thinking about how, where the hell did this money come from? Because number one, uh, it seemed like people thought that if, on my timeline, at least, least something seemed like they thought that he was personally giving us 500 million rand and fuck, like sometimes sometimes you just like you look at, at at stuff that's on your timeline and back in the day i would have been like i would have just thrown out a, 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 a comment like explain what you mean here so <laughs> i just i just need to know just what you mean because it sounds like and then i end up in a Facebook. One. Now I just look at it. I might type three words and then I delete it all. And keep scrolling. Sometimes I just unfollow. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this today <laughs> <laughs> or ever. Like, th- if this is the way you think, I, I don't need to be seeing this on my timeline. But in any case, um, the funding. So yeah, let me let me actually break down how I'm gonna approach all of this. So, so number one, um, I'm gonna approach just discussing how where where the money came from to our um, and that's purely If we think about it The money The money was Redirected Or reprioritized From the national budget Announced in February Jesus I about that Sorry uh, February or March Somewhere around there <laughs> <laughs> But the original national budget um, We had an emergency budget Obviously That reprioritized Government spending um, And a lot of government uh, Around A lot of the 500 billion Was reprioritized Government spending this money was going to be spent in any case and then um the rest of the 500 billion. to so call that around like guys there's going to be a lot of estimations here um estimations based in certain research and please know now as i normally say but today it's extremely important to know that everything that i say you have to fact check have to fact check it you cannot take what I'm saying as gospel you can't set, take what I'm saying as facts I <laughs> I'm on another side like maybe I take some of it as facts a lot of the time when I speak and when I talk about stuff and even when I think I leave a lot of room for the fact that I may be wrong maybe mistaken or maybe misinformed. and I hope that you guys take in what I'm saying with that same disclaimer And um, all the COVID people that like, uh, all the the people who like arrest people or I don't know how it works, but if I like misinform people about COVID, hey man, none of this is factual. None of this is factual. This is just the opinions of a crazy 26 year old man who has no like basis for being believed or being listened to. In fact, I hope that nobody listens to this. (laughs) so there's my disclaimer for the episode and as I'm going to continue so 500 billion Rand uh, most of it comes from redirected planned government expenditure and uh, the rest was additional loan funding from sources such as the International Monetary Fund, the IMF Um, which also some people, um, namely the EFF and EA Uh, representatives of in parliament were extremely against at least the IMF um, and discussions with the World Bank about, uh, further money Or loaning money from them and the conditions that may affect our sovereignty Basically our ability to, um Dictate our own gov- Our own affairs As a nation um, That's basically What sovereignty means uh, And if you knew that And are thinking That I'm yachting you My bad dog I, I don't know Who listens to me bro. Like it could be cracking his all I know <laughs> uh, All two of you <laughs> But anyway So um, Yeah This money was Supposed to So this money Was taken out of Spending that was Going to be used other areas of the economy so meaning that those areas were going to be underfunded for the foreseeable future and I expected budget deficit due to the loans that were going to be taken out to make the full 500 million uh, rand uh, the, yeah the loans that were going to be taken out um, we're gonna add to our current uh, expected budget deficit and uh, increase our already overburdened national debt situation that I went like through a bit earlier. So remember that anytime that the government takes our debt, how it pays it back is through it. basically, if we sum it up simply, is through taxes. And basically, who do they get taxes from? Us as taxpayers taxpayers, individual taxpayers, we pay back any debt that the government uh, takes out. Uh, obviously they take it out and uh, for our benefit uh, to, inc- to improve uh, our economy, to improve job creation, to improve uh, service delivery. Uh, to improve infrastructure, these are the reasons why. Like I'm, like the, I'm just breaking it down for anybody who may be lost, and I may miss a few points here. Hey man, like just take it as it is. <laughs> so just bear in mind the main point that I'm trying to get across here is that they took out more debt than we already expected to have for this for this year, um, and it therefore. um we're gonna have to pay that back, and we're in a worse situation. But obviously, the world is burning, or oh, like figuratively, figuratively speaking. But yeah, Australia was burning at the beginning of the year. I think it was, yeah. So the world was actually burning, and with the um, fires as well. Um, so yeah, it's been a crazy year. To- <laughs> in any case, um, so the second point that I wanted to discuss. So that's where the 500 billion rand came from. Next point was what is it supposed to be used for? What was it supposed to be used for? And by the government's mandate, um, the the exact breakdown, not exact, not exact, the rough breakdown was it was supposed to so 20 billion was meant to fund the health response to fight COVID. Uh another 20 billion was earmarked for new municipalities for the provision of emergency water, um, increased sustained s- sanitization. <laughs> Of public transport and facilities and providing food to the homeless and shelter to the homeless and that kind of stuff uh 50 billion was used was meant to be used to relieve the plight of those who are most des- desperately affected by the coronavirus through social grants so like that 350 grant, uh just a normal social grant and uh extended to the like more social i don't know all the social grants, 100 billion rand was set aside for income support payments So for people who lost their jobs Or uh, or maybe not for people who lost their jobs But more so for, pe- for workers who could not be paid their wages by their employers Due to um, the economic shutdown uh, and such things 2 billion was, was made available to assist small and medium enterprises And spot the shops and you know Like them people <laughs> 200 billion rand was uh, allocated to the loan guarantee scheme, which is basically meant to assist companies with operational costs such as salaries, rent, and the payment of supplies. 70 billion was the amount of tax-related cash flow relief or direct payments to businesses and individuals. So that summary comes to around 400 and something billion, and the rest was, if you can just. Think all-encompass help for the social and economic uh, effect or impact that COVID has had on our nation. Okay, so we've broken down where the money came from um, and what it was meant to be used for. Now, we're going to speak about a... But this is the crux of um, kind of what I would like to, to speak about or what I'm speaking about. And that's basically... Uh, the late and great uh, AG Kimi uh um, report um, on his his audit report on uh, this fund and how the money was being used. So basically, the president came out and asked, like, oh, I don't know why he said, came out. <laughs> the <American dude. laughs> But president uh requested that the auditor general undertake a real-time audit of 16 of the key covid 19 af- initiatives introduced by the government and the management of 100 of roughly 150 billion of the funds that were made available for these initiatives now this was just like an initial report like yo uh real time right now as normally i don't know like how familiar you guys are with audits and uh, I think i did that the last time i said this the last podcast my bad just give me a second because i'm not going to edit this uh I, as i told you i'm on the clock this was supposed to be the first edited podcast but such is life anyway <laughs> um, uh, the ags report oh yeah so yeah um how how the audit how auditing normally works is that uh you go through your business processes what you have um how you operate And then the auditors come in While you're still operating But they also look at past transactions And past Or oh, your current uh, system inter- Internal control systems So those are basically to make sure that things operate As they're meant to operate And there's no uh, room for uh, um, Purposeful or accidental Um uh, Misappropriation of funds maybe, um, uh, loss of funds, uh, maybe what else is a possible thing for what the wanted to be looking for, um, just mistakes in maybe the administration of these funds, um. And yeah, so the auditor breaks down exactly like I'm I'm just gonna tell you what he came out to his his report. But yeah, you look your order is basically making sure that everything functions as is and it's normally afterwards. So what was what what happened now the president basically asked yo in real time as things are going on currently uh, i'd like and when he says i would it's more weed the whole world the, the country um and remember now we have external stakeholders who are looking at us with like baited like or like they're looking at us very seriously to see um how we deal with this and how we also make use of the funds that, that we've been provided now bear in mind the funds made up probably around 20-25%, roughly, uh, the loaned funds that we've gotten from the IMF and other sources. Uh, they make around, call it, 15 to 20-25% of the funds being used uh, to combat COVID. So they obviously have a huge. These are billions of rands. They have a huge vested interest in how we use these funds, uh, both to stabilize our economy and to uh, get us back on our feet. Uh, how, how are we planning to deal with it? so everyone's looking at us uh, both internally like us being the taxpayers um the opposition parties uh these stakeholders and lenders to our national or to our country everyone's looking with uh making sure because obviously we have a history of um corruption, and it's obviously been in the news as of late, because of, I wouldn't say mainly because of this report, it's been a recurring theme in our country for more than a decade, but over the past decade it's been dramatically increased, Um, because I think corruption has dramatically increased over the past decade, but that's not today's topic. In any case, uh, I was discussing the AG's report what he has come out and said or the report said or found that the IT system used the government were not agile enough to respond to the changes to the budget required uh, pre-existing issues in our supply chain processes uh, for example the tendering of government contracts etc so um, I'm not sure what you how familiar you guys are with supply chain but basically um, how the government procures their goods and services for the use of their their purposes. So like, let's say hospitals, where do you get the medical supplies from? You obviously get them through contracts with uh, private contractors or um, overseas contracts, whoever you get it from, that's the process of procurement basically with government it has to be extremely precise anyway in a company or the government has to be extremely precise the processes that you procure the processes through which government contracts are procured have to be at market related prices Um, the government can't be spending like 100 billion when it should cost 50 billion that's how it should work in theory so there should be established processes to make sure that this is how things run and to eliminate the chance of uh, misappropriation of funds so basically what the what the ag is just what the ag is saying is that because of because of the 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 uh, extreme circumstances brought about by covid and uh, the relaxed if yeah relaxed you can call it relaxed the relaxed procurement measures or uh, the relaxed procurement pr- processes, uh, the opportunity for losses, um, for, o- uh, for overpricing, uh, for unequit- unequitable distribution of benefits, for potential fraud and uh, su- uh, supply chain measure- uh, legislation being sidestepped, the potential for all of this happening was amplified due to the fact that we needed it to happen quickly. We needed the funds to be distributed to companies. We needed the funds to be distributed to people who are suffering and struggling from COVID. We needed hospitals to get the funding immediately to help deal with uh, already underfunded uh, government uh, institutions and hospitals. So it was a dramatic situation where things needed to happen quickly. But now, obviously, here come the sharks. And the sharks, you know them. Like, we all know by now. Like... I could go through a hundred examples of how corruption likely took place um, and it was possible, but it summed up very easily by thinking or by saying, um, if it's broken and you don't fix it, it's still fucking broken. So we've been going through this issue of corruption, of um, dodgy tenders, of just chaotic governance by government. Woo! Governance by government. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a horrible, a horrible, and I may, I may sound upbeat and, um, excited, and that's more so because of the fact that I'm actually doing this, I'm podding. I'm excited by that, but, uh, the situation that we, actually, like, let me get serious for a second, this, this situation is not a joke at all, um, it's, it's heartbreaking, like, to be honest, that's, that's how I see it. I see it as heartbreaking. I see it as disheartening. Like, there's a bunch of us who are out here. Uh, the majority, like, I'd like to think, the majority of South Africans come out, work hard. Um, We're we trying to develop a life in this place. Like, we love this country. It's a beautiful place. Of the people in this country, we all care for each other to a certain degree. I mean, obviously, we have our selfish endeavors, but nonetheless, we, 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 none of us gain from this country going to shit. And um, we find ourselves in a very precarious position because uh, let me—I'll get—I'll get, I'll get into—I'll get into that a bit later. But just yeah, I normally say that and forget to, but I—I pro- I definitely will not this time. So basically, to sum up what I've been talking about up until now My question is, was the president Or the question that I'm basically asking myself and uh, asking you guys as well I mean, my take on this may be right or wrong, who knows But basically, was the president justified in his disappointment um, In his his emotional reaction when addressing us uh, for failing to abide by COVID safety precautions Such as social distancing, wearing of masks and sanitization. Um, was he justified in laying... In what it seemed like to me To uh, quite a few other South Africans Was it seemed like the do- the blame for the situation we find ourselves Was being laid primarily at our doorstep So I just want to um, basically the reason why you were saying this is obviously because as we as more cases go up let alone the cases uh as soon as we went back to our norm and in fact we went to an, ex- an, an exa- i believe we went to an exaggerated version of our group, because we were cooped up for so long because um, it's been a really difficult year for many people like you haven't seen your friends, you haven't seen your family for so long you haven't been out. As a country that does this like nobody else, (laughs) we needed a drink, you know what I mean? So people were were drinking like there was no tomorrow. I mean, you see the pictures. People were balancing Savannah on their heads. Like, it was was wild. And my mom works at Chris Honey Baraguan Barra in Soweto and she's a trauma sister. And normally, uh, I'll paint a, a simple picture of the hospital in her eyes. And it's basically understaffed, it's underfunded, and it's running at above capacity. In her eyes, uh, this this is purely because of like un- unne unnecessary uh, trauma cases due to the high level of intoxication of our nation. Intoxication of our nation. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Know, I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, simply put we drink we drink a lot. We do dumb shit when we drink. I mean there was a story that she told me once, I'm not gonna get the details specifically correct, but I'll I'll get a more uh, most of it right. Basically, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Orlando, uh and like um So let's say you're coming from Chris Heine and you're passing that like night training facility going towards Orlando, so you get to like, like at the bottom, you get to like a, a big 4 ways crossing that's on the same road as the stadium, or on the same road that goes past the stadium, that goes to the highway, I can't remember what that road's called, I should know, but I, I just know where the road is. Uh, there's a hostel at the intersection of the road that passes the night training facility, and the road that passes uh, the Orlando stadium, there's a hostel there, and my mom told me that a dude was rushed to- from there by, by a friend of his his friend had stabbed him his friend took him to the hospital they were both drunk and after this guy is still in tr- like he's in trauma they still fight him. now that's just an example a small example of one of the one of the things the daily cases that they get um, and another way of describing the will she'll tell me like like anyone who knows like who, who's been to a government hospital anyone who knows importance of medical aid will tell you at a government hospital if you go in and you're like in pain or whatever but you're not like shot you're not stabbed you know and again let me just say that this is a disclaimer guys just go out and find out for yourself don't take what i'm saying as fact but if you're not shot if you're not stabbed if you're not like in dire need you will sit bro. like there are so many people at government hospitals, who are in worse condition than you. This is on a normal, normal. This is last year. Is what I'm trying to say. Think about now, this year, with the increased like nature of our drinking when we were allowed to drink, and how much it escalated, how much people were just going out doing whatever. And I'm not saying like I'm not I'm not laying the door the blame at your door. I'm just painting a picture of how it looked. Cause my mom came home during the lockdown and she was like yo this like this is this is amazing like i'm i'm bored at work like there's there's not much to do now remember that chris honey is not or at the time i'm not sure about now but it wasn't a covid like center where uh people were being tested and treated um, at chris honey uh so And she's a trauma sister So her cases are normally trauma And things like that The the big thing that she had to deal with That they had to deal with Was um, domestic abuse at that time And because obviously um, These people who like Drink and stuff like that um, And go home and like Abuse their spouses And I'm saying both male and female But predominantly it's male abuse and female Um, These people would would we still in fact if anything they may have been agitated by the fact that you couldn't drink i mean think about somebody who really has an addiction and trust me i would know um when you when you don't get your fix like, whew, you can get a bit agitated so we get to this point um where everything is going pretty well and i mean relatively speaking in terms of COVID, but in terms of the mental health of the nation, in terms of people's uh, personal financial well-being, uh, people suffer. so when the lockdown is done people will wild out and how to blame nobody for doing it, Like I, I understand, I mean, I'm one of the first people, in my mind at the very least, to say um, that I'm not perfect, I fuck up a lot, <laughs> I hold myself accountable and try to do so more and more so uh, before I even look. So, like until I'm perfect, I'm not gonna be the one to judge anybody. Um, Nonetheless, we can we can be honest as a nation and say we drop all of it because my mom comes home now and she is like she is broken, bro. Like she says it's worse than it's ever been, and you can imagine why after the picture that i painted to you. so now i've described an environment of misappropriation of funds uh poor uh internal controls of the funds that we were that were uh, meant to be used to support the hospitals to get us in a better situation because remember that The reason why we went into a national lockdown, the reason why um, people lost their jobs, the reason why um, we were in such a such a such a testing period, was to prepare for further COVID struggles that we'd be having. And that 500 billion rand was crucial to this preparation, to this development of the resources that we need, primarily. The hospitals and those like yeah we can talk about the companies and stuff like that because that directly affects people's pockets and their ability to care for their family which directly affects um, crime if you can't provide for your family you will do whatever you can to provide for your family we're already a country that has extremely high levels of crime so if you're painting this picture as government how the fuck do you steal, bro? Like, I'm sorry, bro, but I don't, like... Like, I try. I was trying my best. I won't even lie. I, I probably failed. I don't even know how I sounded this whole time. But I was trying my best to try and stick neutral and to allow for both sides of this kind of argument or whatever you want to call it or discussion to be portrayed fairly. But, dude, like, at the end of the day, even if you look at a company, think about employees right employees also have a responsibility to make sure that the internal controls of the company to make sure that everything runs as it does in fact everyone has the the, the responsibility within their control so if you imagine that the president he picks his cabinet he picked his cabinet of ministers fair enough he's playing the the power game within his party and making sure that he has enough support to keep running and to keep doing the work that he wants to do I understand that. However, nonetheless, the buck stops with you. You picked picked your cabinet. And your cabinet is the ones that are stealing. Your cabinet are the ones that are dysfunctional. Your cabinet are the ones that cannot put into place um, a correct way of governing this country, of the way of governing these funds. Like, you are the ones that are failing. And because of your failures, there's a trickle-down effect on everybody else. To the fact that it gets down to the person who has had a shit chase, lost his job, he can't even get funny. Whereas some of the some of the grants are being granted to like this is just and guys please just do your do your own research. But some of the grants are being granted to both deceased people are being double granted to people um, are being granted to directors who have directors of companies who have um, contracts tendered by the government. So you're getting a huge government contract to provide some of these services, to provide some of this procurement to the government, to help with this procurement. You get this funding, and then you also apply for 350 rand grant for each member of your family. To those people, to the people in the government who are just failing like miserably. And I'm not saying the people, the administrators. I'm talking about high level. I'm talking about like the cabinet. Like from you, it trickles down to everybody else. So for the president, that this is just my. Pres- personal like opinion on it I get that we all screwed up I get that we could have been better I get that we could have um we could have taken this more seriously but for you to come out and not even address the fact that it is primarily your fault and your cabinet's fault it's not us we are to blame as well nobody's fighting that and yes the full 500 billion rand wasn't stolen hasn't been spent, I think uh, in September, it it was mentioned that around 30 billion had been spent, 30 billion rand had been spent. Now remember that when we say being spent, we don't know yet, we don't know if it was spent correctly. And in fact, we actually have proof from the Auditor General's report that a lot of it wasn't. So already from what you have spent at this point, you've stolen that's money that was supposed to help prepare us for this situation so the fact that the hospitals are overrun and underfunded and all of this still is not our fault yes we contribute to the the high capacity of patients in the hospital but it's your fault that the hospitals aren't prepared that the health system in this country is not prepared so that's my summary or my opinion on this situation but yeah, to end it on that on that note, I just want everyone to know that we're in this together. Um, I also get extremely frustrated. I get, uh, I also look at my own prospects in this country. I look at my prospects. Uh, yeah, I look at my family. I look at we all um, are struggling through this together. And simply put, uh, just just keep fighting. Uh, <laughs> as a friend of mine said, Yo man, <laughs> you're not gonna need to proof to me if 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 gets reelected <laughs> This is what he, this is what he said. I mean personally my political opinions and my political beliefs uh, will be delved into on another podcast. But his his statement was <laughs> you should check out his podcast, uh, start off unknown. Um again the link will be in the description but (laughs) he was saying if you guys vote for Ramaphosa or if Ramaphosa is re-elected as president y'all are gonna need to show him proof like my friend you're gonna need to show him proof that you didn't vote for this guy (laughs) to kick it with (laughs) him like there's no ways bruh (laughs) so that's that's my friend's take on this. Uh, boy, do what it do. <laughs> and yeah, my take. My take is just basically like summed up in a meme. Don't cry when that's not what we need. To. Like I get it. The deaths of the 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 multitude of deaths in this country due to COVID may be laid at his door. Well, now don't get me twisted. I'm never anybody to put that kind of responsibility on people, and if people want to, geez, man, like, leave it to bits. you personally but hey man if you're on a soccer if you're on a football team if you're on a team like if you're on a team and somebody fucks up you all lose If you're the coach and you put them on the field you take just as much responsibility so consider that and yeah man i I don't want to be here forever today um not because i don't love doing this like i love doing this I, I do want to talk Talk slightly about Um Just Just Like How The idea of New Year's resolutions Now personally I don't have anything against them, I don't have anything Against anybody Coming out And saying I'm going to be better next year um, I don't even have a problem With people Falling short Of what they What they attempted to do Um I'm just going to talk through my own experience of college last year, which I feel that I've had um, personally major strides um, in my personal development, nowhere near the man that I want to be, um, and we'll, we'll get into a lot of those kinds of stuff uh, further on in the podcast, but one thing that I, I saw was that um, I decided... I made drastic changes to my life. Well, not drastic, because that that makes it sound like it was a bunch of changes at once. It was incremental changes, but with the with the plan of of how to get there. So I was following a 12-step program, and um, obviously the first step is just to understand what what your issues are. What are the things that you don't like about yourself that cause you to behave in certain ways? And I made a, a, a Deep um, search of the things that I don't like about myself. And honestly, I couldn't be with myself no one else read this except for one person. And when I saw all of it written down, it became so much better. or so much easier for myself to be like, okay, this is something I can change. This is something I can change. This is something. I can and then it comes with a daily, a daily um, imagery and just yourself on a day-to-day basis basis like yo how did i react to certain situations and i also had an amazing help from uh my life coach uh helen race right <laughs> it's fucked up that i don't know how to say his name but i know your middle name so it works just as well uh helen Araceli. <laughs> I'm gonna put a list into. I'm gonna put a a link um onto her page and where you can find um where you can find her services. She's incredible. Um, And yeah, she helped me basically um with certain stuff that maybe I wasn't able to do on my own. Like I knew I wanted to change certain things. Um, I'll even give you an example. One of the examples is um. Relationship that I had with certain members of my family, and um, I wanted it to be better. But I just like what I was doing, and what, how we were interacting with each other, was not working. And like sometimes you need an external um, voice to help you understand, maybe give give yourself a bird's eye view of the situation, and maybe you start looking at things differently, and you start reacting. Differently. And that's exactly what happened. I'm not saying that out perfect but it's a lot better and it's something that we work towards daily but personally this started with um uh, and i uh, had a simple idea of just i can't do what i'm doing right now I, I can't continue doing what i'm doing things have to change that happened in around october not around <laughs> playing like I don't know the exact date We have on the 7th of October <laughs> And uh, I'll go into depth on the major changes And every day in another podcast But I just want to talk about changes And just uh, where, I, where I'm where fe- i feeling right now So th- those changes were made And slowly but surely They start becoming um, habit And you know you start building these, these positive and positive uh, these positive and these healthy habits and from doing those you start, from doing that you start looking at your other habits and you start realizing hold up wait a second if I was able to do this man I can do this and then you start really starting to thrive and you're like oh snap I can do this, do this. And then you get smacked <laughs> right in the jaw by something that you didn't expect that really hurts or whatever, and you start thinking to yourself, it either hurts, it either uh, puts stress or pressure on you, and it makes you start thinking, you still do this, are you still able to, 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 to persevere, to, 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 continue on the path that you've laid out for yourself, and are you even... Like you maybe you start thinking are you and when I say you as I've been saying constantly in this podcast when I say you I I'm, I mean me these are all my experiences these are all my opinions and sometimes I'll reference other people when I say that I'll mention them by name or if the, if I feel that it's not appropriate I'll mention them by association but in, in any sense you may start feeling like damn like I don't know how to deal with With my problems because I've been running for so long. And now that I'm being confronted with real issues, my instinct is to run, or my instinct is to hide, or my instinct is to avoid, or my instinct is to numb. And I would say it's easy at first, man. Like sometimes I felt like crying. Sometimes I did cry. Sometimes I like went into a stage where I couldn't even speak to people. Like I was recently in a car accident and I give it five days or so, I was just like self-pitying, and don't get me wrong, I don't think of it as a sign of weakness, at the time, I just didn't, I couldn't talk to people, I couldn't deal with, um, just, I, I don't know, It's just one more thing, and one thing that maybe came at the wrong time, and just I felt like, I don't know, I'd be doing my best, I'd be doing, that. that's normally where these feelings come from feel like you've been doing your best, you really mean if you still are feeling these issues, you're still going through these struggles and stresses and pains. When you're doing your best, when you do it when you're waking up every day with the with the goal of being the best version of yourself that you can be and you still go through like these kind of things. It becomes taxing. So luckily I have an amazing support group. Uh, support system, and um, I've also developed, or developing. Let me not say develop because obviously, as I just said a few weeks ago, I was, I was going through it, and I still go through it every now and then. I mean, sometimes you just get those, like your heart drops because you think about something, or you think about a story, or whatever, and you just have to remember it's part of life. It's part of life. It's not going to get any easier. However, you get more accustomed to dealing with it and to dealing with your problems. Dealing Running. Once you figure that out, you figure out that it's just going to take time, I just got to keep moving, I just got to keep one foot in front of the other, I got to talk about my issues, I can't keep them bottled up, I have to really confront my demons and I have to really take accountability for my life, and for how I live my life, these are all buzzwords, buzz sentences, buzz ideas, I know, I read this shit as well, <laughs> I see it, but it's different see the new practices so i'm going to come back to end this podcast off with um the idea of a new year's resolution and as i said this journey for me started in october and yet again this year it started in october again for next year because i saw that the development i'd made didn't come from me that's your trigger and that's what ch- triggers change in you Mad, whatever whatever helps you become a better person i'm behind it one thousand percent of the way and i want to see you thrive but personally if you want to prepare for something your preparation as everyone knows your preparation has started way before so if you want to have a better january you should have started September, November. in my eyes however however it works for you is perfect and yeah I'm, As I said I'm not against New Year's resolutions I just believe that Instead of Focusing on the result Focus on The change that needs to happen Focus on The thing that you believe Is holding you back And whether That be like a weight thing You feel like You need to lose weight Don't focus on the weight loss Focus on okay, I, I need to do it because I need to be healthier, I need to do it because I've got a horrible self-image, and if that's the reason, if these are the reasons, like, uh, trust me, I'm not anybody to discuss anybody's um, um, issues, we all have our issues, but whatever it is, if it's internal, then you kind of got to confront the demon that's causing that, Demons, then you actually start feeling that you're worthy. You actually start feeling that hey man, this shit can't hold me back, however long that takes for you. Like, trust me, I had an inflated self opinion, and then I had it crushed down like too fucking brittle. Like, I felt like I was worth nothing. I'm slowly building that back up But I don't want it to go as inflated as it used to be I don't like I don't like the idea of that and that was also a lot of overcompensation For the fact that maybe I really believed that I wasn't Worth much But I couldn't allow The world Or allow Whoever's listening to know that So I, I put on the front As we normally do And In summary I'm done with that shit and can't wait for this year um, so yeah I mean simple simple things for me is uh, in terms of resolutions are so just continue continue growing continue being healthy um, continue learning um, continue this pod <laughs> and other ventures that I'm trying to I'm trying to get off the ground and yeah that. so uh, I did say last podcast that every podcast I'm going to tell you about a musical project and I'm going to keep this brief wish I could talk about it more, but maybe in actuality, the first podcast of next year um, will be, because I believe this project um, is so insane, because it, it, it most of what I've been speaking about in terms of struggling, uh, like self-identity, um, in terms of it being described in a South African lens, through a South African lens, like a real a real poet and a real musician like a real a person who makes incredible music there you're seeing all of these struggles all of these these images through their lens and it is incredible to hear someone be so open about struggles about like like going to varsity getting to varsity doing what you were supposed to do, getting the job, and realizing that the job can't take your family out of the situation that it's in, it can't take your family out of the food, things like that, about identity, whether it be racial, whether it be colorism, whether it be sexuality, whether it be your value as a man compared to how many women you get, all of this, like, is really encapsulated so well that is called (coughs) I can't believe a class of my own that's what it's called (laughs) I can't believe after that amazing amazing introduction to this project I forgot what the name is the project's called A Class of My Own and it's by Linty Leonardo one of the like brightest for me and i'm not a music savant. i'm not i'm not the i'm not a star maker but i will say from my opinion if i'm talking about my opinion on my platform my shit (laughs) of all two listeners that are listening that's a project that you really need to listen to guys it's been an incredible podcast i really have this has probably been my favorite one and it's a great way to cap off the uh because the first time that i really got into i mean the first one i got into some personal stuff but um and trust me we're definitely going to get into a lot of the stuff i alluded to in this and in that first podcast um in later podcasts and i'm just going to peel back the layers uh, of like both my triumphs and my, my my pitfalls and just how i'm dealing with this thing that we call life and it'll be amazing when i start having guests when i on with me uh when i thought i co-host and we started tackling all of this like not through just my lens my opinions but also through the incredible insights of my closest friends and i'd like to end off with this i love you all have a happy new year and i'll catch you in 2021